Welcome to What's Pleasant. I'm Nicholas Basil. If you didn't know, PACE is situated quite close to a recently closed nuclear power plant called Indian Point. It still holds some radioactive water from when the plant was in commission. There have been plans to dump one million gallons of this radioactive water into the Hudson River, our closest large body of water. Snyder Curipoma has more. Recently, there's been a tense discussion over the decision to dump over one million gallons of radioactive water into the Hudson River. The waste comes from the recently shut down Indian Point Energy Plant, which is located in Buchanan, New York. Representatives say that there is a safe amount to deposit into the water, which will not have a negative impact on the environment. However, local residents and many environmentalists are raising valid concerns. So I think safe is a matter of perspective. If you look at the EPA's regulations, that um, it's certainly within limits, and it's within those regulations. And it is likely that, you know, whatever sort of radiation, I think tritium is really the one that they're thinking about, uh, will be diluted in the river. Um, so I think probably from the point of view of the current owners of Indian Point, the people who are sort of managing the drawdown, and probably from the point of view of the EPA, our regulatory bodies, those are safe levels. Over the waste disposal of radioactive water, there are four main options. Dumping small batches at a time, waiting for the water to evaporate, and transforming the waste to another state, which all pose high potential risks. The fourth is to leave the house waste in its place to evaporate on its own, which is backed for this situation by many other environmentalists. There will be another meeting with the Indian Point decommissioning board on April 27th at 6 p.m. at the Coronet Town Hall to discuss these concerns, and participants can attend virtually. What should people think about our waterways? Well, they're pretty dense and interconnected. They're all essentially facilitating pollution into the Hudson River. Yeah. Right. So one of the main things that we need to do as a society is think about uh, really, what happens when it rains, right? So that's water uh, quantity, right? And then water quality. What is actually the stuff that's going into the water? And how can we use both natural and um, human-made systems to kind of protect those? Reporting from the Pleasantville campus, this is Snyder Kripoma. New York State is looking to lower the minimum standardized testing score for the upcoming school year. Emma Castle has more. It has been announced that New York State is going to lower the scores on the state test to reach a proficient level. The test results throughout the past years from 2022 to 2019 has resulted in a big decrease in test results. Last year, no 8th grader who took part in the math section of these tests scored as proficient as the year prior. Although this is a big loss from 2019 to 2022, we can't keep going backwards, so the new baseline is the scores from the previous year. Math professor Emilio Fernandez gave us his perspective. So what do you think about New York State deciding to lower the proficient scores for the state test this year? Um, several things. Okay, before I answer that, I want you to provide a little bit of background. Um, a lot of my research is in mathematics, education, and policy, uh -huh. and it's centered primarily in New York City. However, New York City is a microcosm of the state and sometimes of the country. Uh, Professionally, without knowing too much, because I couldn't find a lot of information mm. when I did my research before this interview, I'm not sure where to stand. However, I think it might not be a good idea. And lastly, do you think standardized testing give us like a good 
account with how students are learning at school? Or what's no, your opinion? No, no. Anyone who understands standardized testing, anyone who understands human learning, mm-hmm. in my opinion, which is objectively informed but subjective, should know that standardized tests pretty much allow us to understand how a student can take a test. They do not necessarily tell us much about how students understand the material under which they are tested. Uh-huh. And do you think that changing the minimum scores are going to help them in any way? Or do you have any opinion on that? Well, yes, but no, right? So uh, it depends on what do you mean by helping them. You know, are mm-hmm. students going to feel better because they are passing an exam? Most likely they will. Is it the case that we're helping them to be better prepared for college and for life? Likely not. From Payson Pleasantville, I'm Emma Castle. In an attempt to preserve the country's agricultural-based traditions, Italy's government has approved a bill that could be the end of cell-based agricultural products. Caitlin Widmer is at Dyson Hall with more. Concern has been raised about lab-grown meat production after Italy has banned its production last week. I'm here to interview Pace biology professor Aaron Steiner, who works for a lab-grown meat company. Um, Well, a number of different things. I teach several courses in biology. So I teach genetics, for example, and genetics laboratory, um, general biology uh, laboratory course. I also do research. So my research is on um, regeneration, and specifically I study it in fish. Um, So I'm trying to understand how fish regenerate sensory cells that humans can't regenerate. So if we can figure out how fish do it, maybe we can eventually figure out how humans could do it too. As a consultant for a lab-grown meat company, Steiner is a big advocate for it and what it can do for the environment. A friend of mine founded a lab-grown meat company and I was their first employee as a consultant. Um, So the company is called Wild Type Inc. um, And we're actually making lab-grown salmon fillets. So farm-grown meat, we all know, has a fairly large carbon footprint. You have to feed the animals. The animals produce gases, things like that. Um, Lab-grown meat, the idea is to get cells from a living animal. In many cases, they're stem cells, but not always, and then grow those cells in large quantities. While the advancement of lab-grown meat seems promising, people have expressed concern about the nutrients in the product. Um, There are some differences. In fact, the lab-grown meat is, um, at least in theory, can be made more nutritious. Um, It has no mercury, um, unlike wild-caught salmon. Um, It has no microplastics, unlike wild-caught salmon. And we can add as much omega-3 fatty acids and other beneficial nutrients as we want into the media. Therefore, we can make it essentially as nutrient-rich as we want, um, and it will end up being in many ways healthier than wild-caught or farmed salmon. Another reason lab-grown meat is so controversial is due to the impact it would have on the agricultural industry and the economy. The only, the only current drawback that I can think of is that, well, there are a couple of possible drawbacks. One is it will impact the existing agricultural industry which is presumably why this is being done in Italy. They're trying to protect their existing agricultural industry by preventing this new technology from taking over. Um, the, the downside of that is they're going to miss out on a huge financial opportunity as well as negatively influencing the environment. The question now is, will you be seeing lab-grown meat in Kessel? This is Caitlin Widmer at Pace University signing off. I'm Nick Basil, and that's What's Pleasant. Thanks for watching.